Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. I was going to start a new series today um, that's called The Word of God, and, and you may have seen some things that we put on social about what we're doing this year. It's going to be a tremendous year of being in the Word of God, and we're going to begin um, the series looking at the, the integrity of the Word of God, and then we're going to be moving into the major events of Scripture starting in Genesis, and we're going to begin at, at creation, and we're going to hit these major events, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of storytelling throughout the year, and we're going to end at the end of the year in Revelation. And so I'm going to preach the whole Bible this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but, but the purpose of it is that we live in a day and age of Bible poverty. Not that we don't have Bibles, we just don't know what's in them. And so the church has a lot of Bibles, but we don't know what's in them. Why is there such weird theology around all kinds of stuff around God, around sexuality, around all kinds of stuff in our world, in the church? Of course it's in the world. They don't know Jesus. But why is it in the church? Because we are biblically impoverished because we don't know what's in the word of God. And so we're going to spend a year actually just going over the story of God from Genesis to Revelation. It's, we will have a different bumper though every so often just so you're aware. So you're like, oh my gosh, for a whole year. No, we're going to, I'm breaking it up. It's going to be a lot of fun. But I decided not to do that today, to start that series because I really wanted a sense that God had given us a word as a church for the year for 2022, and I felt like God wants to speak to us a theme for 2022 that's so important for us, especially in these days and in these hours that we live in. I know this, that 2022 in my life, it's all of us have been met with a lot of different difficult things. And as a church, as we gather this morning, we recognize that this side of heaven, everybody say this side of heaven. This side of heaven is filled with troubles. This side of heaven is filled with loss. It's filled with difficulties. I have never stood up here in front of you and told you that if you will do this, then you will have no troubles and no problems and nothing. I've never said that. Why? Because the Bible doesn't say that. That's a, that is a, that's a, a false Christianity. And so we recognize this morning that, that life sometimes hurts. Amen? There are things that happen that we don't understand. And so Jesus told us we would experience these times, times that are difficult, times that we don't understand. And many of us have walked through valleys that you thought, oh God, I don't know if I can make it. Or we've walked through loss and pain. We've lost loved ones over the last couple of years. Some of you are walking through that today. Some of you have walked through loss very recently, walked through valleys very recently. Some of you are in a valley today. So really my heart today, I, I sense from the Holy Spirit, he just wants me to share some things just as a family today that would encourage us and position us for this year. One of the valleys that I want to share with you today, as many of you are aware of, our precious executive pastor, Doug Newcomb, who's a dear friend of mine and many of yours, he's recently been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And due to the aggressive nature of it, unless God does an absolute miracle, he's going to step into eternity very soon. Doug and the family, they're saying their goodbyes, and Doug is preparing and is prepared 
to step into eternity, to actually to see what he has spent 40 years of his life telling other people about. And he spent 40 years of his life in ministry serving us here at this, at this church. But he's told people his whole life that Jesus is faithful, that the gospel is the most important thing this side of heaven, and that being a committed, faithful servant to God's kingdom and ministry is worth it. And myself and, and others have been in contact with Doug, Pastor Jim and I, we're able to spend some time with Doug yesterday and pray with them and pray with the family. And it's difficult. It's very difficult. And we've asked God to move and we've asked God to do a miracle, but we've also asked God for his will to be done. We recognize that we are temporary. It doesn't do any good to pray the opposite of what God's ultimate plan is. We want to come into alignment with that. And so we have prayed and we believed, but yet we trust the sovereignty of God. And it's a valley. It's a valley for me personally. It's a valley for those of many, many of you who know him and are close to him. I will say this. I spoke to Doug several days ago. He was tired and he's weak and I was talking to him about some things of the church. He, with clarity and conviction, he says, Jason, the church must go on. Do you believe that? That's why this matters. That's why what we do matters. Eternity matters. Church family matters being known and being loved and being faithful to a, to a house that God's placed you in, that matters. And so that is a, a deep valley. And I do ask you to pray for Doug and Jan and, and Laura and Stephen and the grandkids as they navigate these, these difficult waters. But I've also talked with some of you and those who, who are joining us online, I know some of you who are joining us online are walking through a difficult time as well with loved ones. At, at this very moment, this very time, church family, and you're walking through valleys of death as well, and I'm praying for you. Just a few days ago, we also had fires that took off and consumed many homes and businesses and some of our church family in our church lost their homes. And I've spoken to some of you as well over the phone and prayed with you. And you realize that this side of heaven, there are difficult seasons and times. So what does that mean for us? Also regarding those who have lost their homes and regarding, Doug, if you want to drop a card off at the office, you can do that. That's, this is another reason why, why our benevolence offering that we, that we take on our Christmas services, this is why it matters. It really matters because 100% of it goes to serving those that, that together collectively we can really help people in our, in our church family. And so you can do that. You can go online, hit give, and then if, if you, there's a drop down that says benevolence. 100% of that goes to the, to the needs of people in, in, our, in our church. But these are difficult times. But it's important for us to remember, now hear me today, friends, that in difficult times, we must be reminded that the God that we serve, that the God that he is, He is good. And how we view God, how we see him, how we, how we view him in, the, in, our, in our filter of eternity affects how we navigate these situations. It has a profound effect on how we live our lives. Profound effect on how we navigate these difficulties. And I believe God wants to speak to that, to us today. 
He wants to encourage us. He wants to lift us. He wants to remind us of something this year. And though yesterday was the first day of the new calendar year, it's natural that we consider, as we always do every year, God, what do you have for me this year in 2022? And we start to think about 2022. We start thinking about what we want to do different, thinking about stuff we don't want to do anymore, thinking about stuff maybe it's time for a change. But because of how the last couple years have gone, Normally, you would approach a new year with hope and expectation that, man, it's going to be great. And now you're like, oh, no, another year. We don't know what's going to happen. And it's like, <laughs> instead of like expectation, it's like, I am filled with anxiety right now. Like they're counting down and they like 10, 9, Christmas Eve, 8. You're like, anxiety, 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 anxiety. What's going to happen? And so the start of a new year for many of us, it can feel like the approach of like a, the, the edge of a, of a rock face or a, of some formation that you're getting ready to rappel down. If you've ever gone rappelling, especially your first time, it's very scary. When you, when you repel for the first time, you, you get up there and it's all fun. Yay, you kind of usually with some friends and you get your harness on, which is awkward anyway. You get that thing on and, and you clip into the rope and you got an instructor and he's helping you. And he's like, yeah, okay, just start walking backwards to the, to the edge. Yeah, go ahead. And for many of that's that's 2022 for us. We're walking backwards. We're kind of taking up the slack. The instructor's ensuring you. It's, you got it. You're okay. Your friends are making fun of you because you're, you're panicking. And you come to a place and you're like, you're, you know, it's like on the edge. You're, you're just trying to like, okay. He's like, yeah, lean back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Lean. Everything. And he's like, no. Keep going. Keep. And. Yeah, and finally, oh, and you feel the weight, you feel the security, and the instructor's like, told you it's going to be okay. Well, that's how a lot of us feel as we come to a new year, a new season, a new time. God, what, what's, what's, what, what does this year hold for us? In John 15, Jesus speaks to his disciples, and he's preparing them. Now hear me today. He's preparing his disciples for his death. They've been with Jesus for three years. They've seen four resurrections. They've seen people delivered from demons. They've seen sick people healed. They've watched Jesus take authority over wind and waves. They still tell stories about how Jesus scared them half to death when he walked up on them. He like, you know, surprise, I'm here. And he was walking on the water, freaked them out. They have all these amazing ideas. They've heard him challenge the religious leaders of the time. They've watched people want to kill him. Not like, we don't like you, like, you're dying today, Jesus. And as they gathered around him to kill him, somehow he just slipped from their midst. They've seen it. And Jesus, the night before he was taken into custody, whipped, abused, then led and mocked and crucified, he prepared his disciples for what was going to happen. So the night before all this happened, Jesus takes his disciples away and he eats with them. He washes their feet. He tells them, this is what he tells them. Terrible things are going to happen. And he prays for them in John 17. But in the middle of all of this, this is the phrase for us for 2022. The phrase is for you, 
The phrase is for your family. The phrase is for this church. This phrase is for everybody here. This is our theme for 2022. John 15, verse 5, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's the phrase. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And John 14, right before he said this, and John 14, Jesus tells his disciples, hey, hey boys, listen, the world's going to hate you. And he also tells them, I'm going to go away. He tells them, I'm going to leave you. And then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Wait, time out, Jesus. So you're leaving and then you're telling us, you can do nothing without me. So you're saying I, we're going to be without you, but yet, which means we can do nothing. No, that's not what he's saying. That would be a, a cruel kind of trick. Just so you know, you can do nothing without me. By the way, I'm leaving. So there's a greater context here that we're going to look at. So let's go back to the, to the repelling scenario as you're approaching this new year. I want you to picture yourself, okay? Just put, put yourself there, repelling. You're getting, you're getting ready to go down a large rock face. You've never done this before, or it's your first time, whatever. And your instructor is with you at the top. You're in your harness, you have your rope, you're in the right position, it's time for you to begin. You lean back, you begin to lean back. You're kind of nervous, you're kind of anxious, you're, this, you're not comfortable, this, I, you feel vulnerable. Your rope's in the right position. And, and many people's scenarios right now, if I was to ask you, about where is God in this picture? Many folks would be like, well, Jesus, he's right there. He's, he's instructing me. He's telling me what to do. And in our lives, that's, that's Jesus. He tells me. And, I, and here I am. And Jesus, come on, you're going to be all right. Just, just lean back. I got you. I, I'm with you. But that's the problem for most of us. Because in this scenario, in this story, Jesus is the instructor, but that's not true because Jesus is not the instructor. He's the rope. Apart from the rope, you're finished. You're nothing. You can do nothing. Meaning you would be finished if you approached the edge without Jesus. You would fall, you would fail. And so often we approach seasons and times, difficult ones, good ones, bad ones, checking in with Jesus, the instructor, as we're repelling. And we don't have the right idea of what it means to be in Christ. We don't understand what it means for Jesus to be everything in our life. So many of us, and I have done it in my own life, have positioned Jesus to be a coach, to be an observer, to be one who's watching me and cheering me on and giving me, telling me what to do. And when we're in trouble, when we face things we don't understand, things that are confusing and things that are, that are frustrating and things that are a valley of difficulty and loss, then we holler out, hey, Jesus, you still up there? Jesus, I need some help here. I'm in the middle of this rock face. Can you help me? 
And when Jesus is preparing his disciples for a new time, for a new season, he uses an illustration that would mean more to them than repelling to us. Jesus says this, while he's telling them, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now listen to me, friends. This is what Jesus says. He says that he is the vine. Jesus' disciples, I'm the vine. God is the vine dresser. And he's speaking to us. He's saying, he's, saying, he's saying, church, I am the vine. Father God is the vine dresser. And we disciples, now listen to me, we are the branches. Meaning all of our life flows from him. Meaning he, is prov he provides everything in our lives. He's not the irrigator of our garden that helps our branches. He doesn't say he's the soil of our life. He doesn't say he's the water of our life. He is the source of our life. That's why he said, outside of me, apart from me, you can do nothing. Think about that. Think about that this coming year. Jesus is not the coach. He's not the instructor. He's your rope. And without him, you're done. He wants us to understand that today. Not so that we would live in fear, so that we would live in assurance that he's got you. That he is what sustains us at every turn, at every road, in every valley, every difficulty. Jesus, in John 15, and I'll just read the, the context here. He says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch, now listen, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. In other words, you can't do anything unless it abides, is connected to, re receives all its source from the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you. In other words, let me, let me just stop there for a moment. If you are abiding in him, Jesus said this. Remember all the miracles that, that he's done? Remember, he, he says, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what the Father says. As, I, as I've said this before, Jesus said if you had as faith as the size of a mustard seed, which is a little tiny seed. If you had that much faith, you could speak to the mountains and they would be cast into the sea. Now, I said this one Sunday. I said, go do it. Go on. Go. How many mountains have you seen cast into the sea? How come if I walk out there, and I look at the mountains and I say, mountains, go to the sea. Why doesn't it happen? Here's the key. When you abide in God, you pray his will, not your will. 
Jesus, why did Jesus walk in authority and power? Why did, why did he heal those? Why didn't he heal everybody? Why didn't he raise all the dead? Because he did what the Father told him to do. And he said what the Father told him to say. What is he saying? He submitted to the will of God. Whatever God's will is, that's what Jesus did on the earth. So, if God's will is for the mountain to go into the sea, and he says, son, daughter, go do it. And you have faith, grain of a mustard seed, small, itty, bitty, bitty faith. And you say, get into the sea, you stinking mountain. It'll happen. Why? Because it's what the father said. Our authority comes from the will of the father, not the will of the human. Our authority comes the will, from the will of the Father, not the will of the child. That's why we understand what Jesus is saying, that if you will abide in me, the fruit that is produced from you is not actually about you. It's about the vine, which is Christ, it's about the vine dress, dresser, which is the Father, that prunes off all the stuff that keeps us from producing the fruit that he wants us to produce. Verse 7, he says, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy, everybody say joy, my joy may be in you and that your joy might be full. Now remember the context of this is, hey, disciples, you're going to have troubles. You're going to go through difficulties. You're going to face things you don't understand. Jesus is telling them, but if you will abide in me, you will have great joy. When everyone else is freaking out, you're going to have great peace. You're going to have peace that surpasses understanding. Meaning when, no, when you shouldn't have peace, when no one understands why you have peace, you're going to have peace because you abide in him. What Jesus means in verse 5 is that the only power, the only strength, the only ability, the only life, the only breath, the only heartbeat that you have today, the only thing that you do with your life that has any worth whatsoever comes from one place, him. There's only one source. There is no other source in our lives as believers except from Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. You guys with me this morning? I know it's cold. I know you might still be sleepy from too much food. But I want you to catch this today. This is the theme for your life. And if you will get it, it will transform you this year. I want you to understand this year that Jesus is not an instructor just to help you with just your soul, just your salvation, or just your heart, just your mind, or just your body. We don't, we don't go to work. We don't, we don't manage our family. We don't grow our marriage and strengthen our relationships. We don't run a business. We don't manage finances. We don't serve in church. We don't park our car. We don't make money. We don't celebrate victories. We don't deal with difficult situations. We don't lead, we don't follow, we don't make decisions. We don't do anything of any worth without knowing and understanding he is giving us the power to do it all. Amen? 
That's what Jesus said. This word, Jesus said that apart from me, you can do nothing. It wasn't, it wasn't categorized. It was this totally absolute statement. Nothing. And Jesus says this the night before the disciples' worst night of their life. The worst news they had ever expected, never actually expected to hear, they heard it. They never saw it coming. Jesus hanging on a cross. Friends, hear me today. All of us face things in life that we never saw coming. And we can immediately think, why God? Why have you left me? Where are you, God? We can feel alone, but in those moments, we must remember. Now, this, I want you, this is so important. We must remember there is no difference in my strength and power in this twist in the road in this moment than when the road was straight. If apart from Jesus, I can do nothing, what that means is when things were going good in our lives, we thought, God, you're with me, praise God. When things then are not going so great and we face difficulties, guess what? There's no difference in provision at those moments because the same God that was with you in your good times is the same God that is with you in your bad times. The same God that you could do nothing apart from in the good times is the same God that you could do nothing apart in the bad times. It's, he's the same God. He's your rope. He's still there. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's still sustaining you. He's still the one who's gonna meet your needs. He still will, will take terrible things and make good things out of them. He still will, will move in your life because there's no difference when you understand he is your rope. Amen? And so our lives are to understand, or we are to understand in our lives that everything about our life is about him. Everything we build in our lives is about him. Man, think about this. What, what a crazy bunch of people we would be if everything in our lives, we did it with the understanding that we're doing it for God because he's the one that gives me the ability to even be here today. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. He says, if anyone builds on this foundation, talking about the foundation of, of his life, ministry, the kingdom, using gold, silver, costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet we will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. In other words, when you build your life with the understanding that Jesus is what it's all about, everything you do will remain. And that which you do under the thought or pretension that somehow it's about you will be burned up. So my question for all of us this year is, how dependent are you on God as we approach this new year? As you live your life, as we step into this year, as in the beginning of this first year, we, we face some difficulties. I know there are some great things that God's doing in our lives as well. And as a church, we celebrate. We celebrate the victories and we mourn and we, and we walk through the losses with each other. That's what church is about. 
Regardless of where you are, how dependent are you on God as you approach this new year? As you live your life? I want to give us some time. Give us a moment this morning to surrender and come to the realization and confession to Jesus. That Jesus, you are my rope. You're it. I can't live a second of my life without you. Everything that I am, everything that I do, all that I am, unless it is you, it's not going to work. It's not going to amount to anything. How appropriate for us as a church, the first Sunday of the new year, that we would reaffirm our faith, we will reaffirm our commitment to God. We will reaffirm our alignment with the truth that I only want what you want, God. What would this year look like if you prayed ridiculous, crazy prayers? I only want what you want. I only want to walk this year fully acknowledging it's all about you. To take a moment the first Sunday of this year as a church and allow him to be the very center of our lives. That, my friends, would be a recipe for a great year. That no matter what we face, we live from a Jesus who said, I'm going to go away to his disciples, but I'm also going to be in you. When Jesus was present with them, he could only be in one place at one time. He said, I must go away. So after the work on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection, he went away and then his spirit came. The Holy Spirit came to dwell in us. So he is now in us to help you. So I want you to hear these verses today from Jesus as we close out this time. I want you to receive them today, okay? So receive this today, John 14. Jesus says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would not have told you that. That I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, son, daughter, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus in John 14, verse 16 says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another, a helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because they neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, you know him. He dwells with you and will be in you. He goes on to say to his disciples and he says to you this morning, I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live and you will live also. Friends, 2022, Jesus is our rope. And he says this to you in verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Chapter 16, in the same context, speaking of the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will prove the world 
to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. He's speaking about his resurrection, and after the resurrection, the prince of this age, the God of this age, which Scripture refers to, Satan, is already defeated. He hasn't been judged yet. That's coming. So that's why we see the things we see. That's why we we experience the things we experience. But he's been condemned. He's been defeated. One day he will be judged. And he will be wrapped up with all of his, his demonic powers and all of those who served him. And he will be thrown into the lake of fire to no longer be. And there will be at that moment no more tears, no more sickness, no more pain, nothing. It's coming. But right now, we're living in the midst of it. And Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Verse 20, Jesus says, disciples, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. We see that today. The world rejoices over stuff and we're weeping and mourning because we see the destructiveness of it because we have the Holy Spirit in us and we can see clearly You will grieve, but listen, listen, but your grief will turn to joy. Friends, this is real Christianity. This is real Christianity. That's why what we do matters. That's why being a part of a church, being committed to a church and serving in your church and knowing one another as a church family, that's why it matters more than you can ever imagine. That's why the enemy wants to tell the church, it doesn't matter. You can have three pastors and four churches and seven home groups and and nobody really knows you in any of them. Because this matters. The enemy tries to combat it. Friends, what God has called us to do matters. The spirit that dwells in us, no matter what we face, ups, downs, good, bad, what, and I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't know what 2022 holds. I'm believing for God to do amazing things. I really am. I'm filled with such expectation. But I also know within a year, you're going to have some difficulties and losses and, and times that you're going to have to navigate. And, and, and your moment of, oh God, what's going on? You're not looking to an instructor at the top. You're recognizing, oh, wait a minute. He already knows what's going on because he's the rope. He knows exactly where I am. He knows exactly what my needs are. He knows exactly what I'm dealing with. He knows exactly what's going on on the inside. He knows exactly the valley that I'm walking through. He knows exactly what my financial need is. He knows exactly what my marriage needs. He knows exactly what my family needs. He knows exactly because he's the rope. Without him, I do be done, but he is with me. His spirit dwells in me. I am not alone. All I have to do is say, all right, Lord, here I am. What are you doing? How can I come into alignment with you to walk in the, in the reality of what you want to do right where I am today? The spirit is always with you. Will you, friends, reaffirm your commitment to give him the full weight of your trust this year. The full weight. And just go, the surprises, the ups, the downs, the good, the promotions, the difficulties, however the dark, day may be, whatever the challenge may be. Whatever challenges are facing you today, whoever passes away around you, friends, he is with you and you will be sustained by him. When the the business deal of your life goes through, He's with you. When you go through a difficult season, you go, God, how are you going to use this? He's with you. 
He is with you. You will be sustained by him. So listen, give it all to him this year. Give it all to him. And when you do, so listen, so listen to this. When you do, you recognize apart from you, Jesus, you can do nothing. So what that means, hear me today, is that Jesus then says, you're right, because with me, all things are possible. All things are possible. Listen, don't look, don't look to your pastor to be the rope. Don't look to your spouse to be the rope. Don't look to your kids to be the rope. A Bible teacher, a book. This morning it's time to look to the one who's your very life source. He invites all of us to give him the full weight of our lives and allow his presence to sustain us. Friends, he's your rope. And so if apart from him you can do nothing, when you give him your full weight, now, with man it was impossible. But now with me, all things are possible. Let's stand to our feet today. Friends, this year, can you reaffirm your commitment? The Lord, I'm going to give you everything. And if you can today, just lift your hands before the Lord. Just right where you are. Father, we recognize that you are good. We recognize that you were able. Lord, today, we recommit our, our trust to you. We give you the full weight, just right where you are. Just the things that you are dealing with yourself, the trouble, anxieties. The, maybe you think your, your, your success is yourself. And it's pride and you just recognize, no, Lord, no, no. Everything about me is yours. Give Jesus the full weight of your life today. So today, God, right where we are, we surrender our lives that we would live for you because it is you who has given us the ability to live. And we give you all that we are. We give you our stresses. We give you our victories. We give you all types of things. Lord, this year, when we look at the things we're facing, there are opportunities before us that, that you're going to put in front of us that are going to be amazing. And today we affirm, I'm going to step into that opportunity because I'm leaning totally on you. And by that, God, you're going to do miracles in my life. God, there are things we're going to go through today. We recognize that we're, we may be even a challenge today that we say, Lord, I surrender to you. I give all this to you. God, I know there are great things you want to do in 2022. Lord, you have dreams in the hearts of your people in 2022. God, in all of the start, all the realizations of that start with Jesus, I can do nothing without you. And today I acknowledge that you are my life. You are my source. You are my hope. Without you as my rope, I would be finished. So God, today, the year of 2022 will be the year that I trust you completely, that I lean on you fully, that I live every part of my life for you 100%, that you give me the grace. And when I'm worried or concerned, I recognize you are with me that your presence is in me. The same God that sustained me in the good times is the same God that is with me in the difficult times. I am yours and you are mine. You dwell in me and you support me and you sustain me. It is in you, O oh God, that I ebb and flow and have my being. It is all you and so today in 2022, church, right where you are, say, Jesus, I reaffirm my commitment. 
Jesus, I reaffirm my commitment to you. I give you all of my life and all that I am. Just tell him right now, I give you everything. And so, Lord, we thank you today that you are a good God and you sustain us. And you have tremendous things waiting for us in 2022. Now, Lord, I pray that you would bless your people, that you would strengthen your people, that you would lead and guide your people. That, Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you and they recognize they haven't given their life to you, that you would move on their life right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That, God, that you would speak to them and you would affirm to them that you love them and you've called them by name and they're here right now on purpose. If you can, just every, just if everybody could just bow your heads just for a moment and just close your eyes just for a moment. I could want to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to speak to those and then give them a chance to respond. If you're here today, nobody's looking around and you want to give your life to Jesus, you acknowledge that he's calling you, the Holy Spirit's convicting you of, of sin and you want to give your life to him, if that's you today, raise your hand right where you are. Just lift it up right now. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. You put your hands down. Thank you. God bless you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's a prayer of commitment, much like we just prayed, but this is to acknowledge that you're receiving the forgiveness that Jesus is offering to you. And we're gonna all pray it today. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for showing me that I need you. I receive all that you have for me. Give me a new heart. Heal the pain of my heart. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead for me. And I commit my life to you today. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.